Welcome to Nevertheless, She Persisted. I'm your host, Sadie. Every Friday, I post interviews about mental health, dialectical behavioral therapy, and teenage life. These episodes break down my mental health journey, teach skills to help you cope with life, and showcase testimonials from teens just like you. Whether you've struggled yourself or just want to improve your mental fitness, this podcast is your inspiration to live a life you love and keep persisting. This week, she persisted. I just want to urge everyone to be a critical consumer of who you're trusting your health with. Whether it's mental health or physical health, you really want to make sure that what you're advertising and suggesting is backed by evidence. We have to slow down before we can speed up. You create these little moments in your morning routine that helps combat that emotional urge to like withdraw and stay in bed and avoid because you've built these things to get you out of bed. Even if I'm not able to do everything for my health, I'm I still do something. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She Persisted. This week, I have Abby Stacer on the podcast. Abby is a health and life coach. She's a grad student at Columbia University, and she's the also the founder of Be About Being Better. Abby gave just so many amazing tips about creating balance in your life, having a morning routine that works for you, having a physical health lifestyle that works for you. And like this whole episode, I was like, I got to try that. I got to try that. Like just so many, many things. And we after we hopped off this episode, she was like, do you have any feedback like about um, how that went? Because she wanted to get into doing more public speaking. And I was like, this is one of the best episodes I've ever recorded just because she had so much tangible information like listening to this 45 minute episode at the beginning of your day like you will immediately have things you can try out you gain so much knowledge so much information she's hilarious she's so fun to listen to so yeah I just love this episode I could not wait to get it out for you guys I recorded this probably a week and a half ago maybe two weeks and I was like can I release this on Friday and I already had another episode scheduled but it was just like such 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 a phenomenal episode Anyways, um, yeah, just to update you on what's going on in my life, I took my ACT, my SAT, I'm getting confused here, I took my SAT on Saturday, and I decided I'm going to be taking the ACT again in about 10 days, so I'm feeling stressed. I am getting down to crunch time with senior year and applications. My first early action application is due on October 15th, and so that's 15 days from now, I, I'm behind. I'm exposing myself a bit here, but I have a really good first draft in my personal statement. It's not polished. It's not done. It needs a lot more eyes. Not done with my activity section. Not done with my supplementals. Called over to university today just to again express my interest. And I, I've done tons of research on my school, so I just need more time writing. And I need, I need this test score to submit. So I'm behind, but we're getting there. I feel confident about the direction my application is going. I don't know if you guys find this interesting hearing about like the college application process and I can't wait until I see how it all pans out but I know especially last year and this year like I love hearing about what people are doing for the college application process partially from like a little jealousy not jealousy but like a like a selfish point of view where I'm like okay is what I'm doing like am I ahead of them am I behind them can I do that like that kind of thing but it's also just helpful to know that you're not alone and everyone's going through this process together and so I, let me know if you guys have been liking hearing the college updates. If not, we'll stop them, whatever works for you guys. Um, so yeah, and so lots of schoolwork, lots of just digging into that and and really, really trying to just get things done. The, today I tried for the first time the Skinny Confidential Ivy Lee method she posted. I am obsessed with Lauren Everett's Bostick, but she posted on her story the way she does her to-do list in the morning. And it was so interesting. She does like vibes for the day with your podcast, book, music, and workouts that you're gonna do. Um, 
who you're grateful for or things you're grateful for, who you're sending love to. And for me, I did loving compassion because that's like one of my favorite DBT scales in meditation. I did an episode on that a couple months back, which I'll link in today's show notes, but like just such an amazing way to make your day have a certain vibe and energy. And Abby talks about this in this episode too, so very fitting. But I've just been trying to increase my productivity and spend less time like scrolling on TikTok, just hanging out, like really, really trying to get the most out of the day, but not feel like I'm burnt out or or annoyed that I'm working on things. And so feeling productive and, and having a positive mindset and really just trying to, like I need to implement all the things Abby mentions in this episode with my sleep routine and nighttime routine and physical lifestyle eating tips like all of that is like things I need to tune up on right now because I'm just like feeling stressed to say the least so without further ado after that long intro let's get into it well thank you so much for joining me today Abby I'm so excited to have you on She Persisted Yes, Sadie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me here. Of course, of course. I was so excited when I when I heard from your team and that we were going to get to work together. It just seemed like a great opportunity and I'm just so excited for the episode. Yes, me too. Super aligning. <laughs> so I wanted to start by hearing a little bit about you and your background. What brought you to being a coach? What brought you to grad school and pursuing kind of this path? And just a little bit about you in general so listeners know who they're listening to and getting advice from and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So my plan, my vision, my whole life was mm-hmm. was to go to medical school. I come Mm -hmm. from a very long family line of doctors. Everyone in my family was kind of expecting me to go to graduate school and have have that be medical Mm -hmm. school. My dad and my grandfather have a private practice, Stacier and Stacier Eye Care Specialist. So I was like, (laughs) oh, hey, we need you to- It's going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I shadowed in the medical field. I worked as a medical scribe which is if anyone is listening to this, considering medical school, highly recommend that as a job to give you that, that perspective. You learn a ton in the field. And what point can you do that? Is that like tail end of college? Is that early grad school? Can you do it in high school? When can you kind of do that, that job opportunity? I know that you can do it while you're in undergrad. I'm not sure if you can start when you're in high school, you Mm -hmm. might be able to. I think it might yeah. be a little, little difficult, but I know that you can do it when you're an undergrad. Gotcha. Perfect, okay. Awesome. Perfect job to do when you're, you know, while you're in school. Totally. So I did it after I was in, I was in school. I was just involved in too many things in undergrad, yeah. too many, um, too many, all the clubs on campus, but that gave me a lot of perspective. I worked in a primary care physician's office and also worked with an OBGYN and I realized right away, I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is not where I see myself. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just catching people way too late. Yeah. I mean, I was helping to schedule toe amputations because people's oh diabetes were so far out of control. Oh, it was wild. Yeah. And there was one patient, I will never forget this man. We put him on his fourth medication to control his blood pressure in the 15 minute appointment. Oh my God. He was on medications for other things, but just for his hypertension, his high blood pressure, he was put now put on his fourth medication, taking four different pills a day. And wow. that just wasn't aligning to me. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be managing chronic conditions that are already developed. I want to get ahead of it. I want to be on the preventive side of things. And I want to work with people that are younger, work with them earlier on in life, get them a healthy lifestyle, teach them how to maintain that even when they're really busy, even when it's the holidays, mm-hmm, even with, mm-hmm. when life's constantly throwing stuff at us, how can we weave in some healthy habits so that they can 
be healthy over the long term, which in turn mitigates the risk for developing all these chronic conditions. Absolutely. So then that's when I started to ask myself, okay, if it's not medical school, then what is it? And I dove into a lot of research, looking at different health coaching programs. Maybe I'll become a personal trainer. Maybe I'll get my MBA. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a bunch of research. This was two years ago. I spent that su- the beginning of the summer doing a ton of research, leaning on mentors, I'm meditating a lot, journaling a lot, diving into personal, like what, what feels aligning for yeah. me? And I had a, fa- a really, really close family member ask me, or really, really tell me. She was mm-hmm. like, Abby, you have to look at what you're doing in your free time. You're so busy. You're working crazy hours with this job. You know, you have to look at what you're doing in your free time. And she's like, it's very interesting that even though you have such little time to yourself, you are still working out and you're showing your workouts and the meals that you're eating. You're showing that online in, yeah. in, on Facebook and on Instagram. She's like, I think you should consider health coaching. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, so I, you know, <laughs> I ended up diving more into that, but I hired a mentor first. I am all about having mentors. Totally. So of course. Up, I ended up joining with this one mentor and he has a specific program. Like I help people develop online health and fitness coaching businesses. So I joined mm-hmm. his three month kind of Kickstarter program. And I was nervous to, I invested all of my savings in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was wild. My I mom cannot imagine. Like, <laughs> my mom thought it was crazy. And I'm known in my family to still have my, like my first communion money. Like <laughs> so for, so for me, this was, this was a real deal. This was a big decision. Wow. <laughs> yes, big, big girl investment. I've never invested so much money, but you know, it was so aligning to me. This program felt really right. And I, I really wanted to bet on myself I ended up more than doubling my investment in three weeks. The company exploded. Yeah. So now we coach, I help coach clients across four different continents. We've coached both men and women. um, And, and I, and I really love what I do. And so I I launched my company be about being better. And Mm -hmm. I decided to go back to graduate school. I just felt like it wasn't enough. Like I was getting clients results, but I was mainly coaching people based on my own experience. I really want to know more. I want to know the more physiology. I want to know the latest research when it comes to nutrition and exercise. I really want my program mm-hmm. to stand out. And I love school. I'm such a student. I'm yeah, a lifelong yeah. I want to know more. So that's when I decided to apply to graduate school. And so now I'm at Columbia University, uh, their graduate school teachers college, getting my master's in nutrition and exercise physiology, studying to become a registered dietitian. That's, That's amazing. I, <laughs> I love that. That's, and I think it's just so powerful that you did want to go back and just get that extra layer of education and just up level what you were offering your clients. Because recently I've been diving into a lot both in my personal life and on the podcast into, this is so off topic, but like the troubled teen industry and when mm-hmm. teens are sent to treatment and the care they get. But what you see so much of is that you can work with teens and practice as like a counselor or some people even call themselves a therapist without your psychology degree or without Mm -hmm. a PhD. And you can just have your degree in social work or something like that. And so I, I have always been someone that leans towards having that degree and having that those years of evidence-based education behind Mm -hmm. what you're going, 
behind what you're teaching to others and not just your own experience. Because it's one thing to kind of talk and be like, okay, this is what worked for me, take it or leave it. But when you're going to someone for like medical advice, whether it's mental health or for physical health, like you really want to make sure that what you're advertising and suggesting is backed by evidence and doesn't have potentially negative side effects and can impact their life in a really negative way. I completely agree. I completely agree. There's a lot of stuff coming out now in the health and fitness coaching industry that a lot of celebrities, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. been following any of this, and we don't need to call anything out specifically, but I, I keep my eye on it. There's a lot of celebrities that have health and fitness coaching programs, and they are not certified. They yeah. are having their clients do excessive cardio at a severe caloric deficit, mm-hmm. his, uh, daily weigh-ins, things like this. And it's very, it's very harmful. And that's not following the science. That's not what's going to get people results. So I think I, I, I just want to urge everyone to be a critical consumer of who you're trusting your so- health with. And it's so hard, especially with physical health, when you see these things where you're like, oh, I want that. That's what I want to look like. Or that's what I think I want to eat like. Like this looks good. Whereas with if it's like education or kind of other areas, you can be like, oh, this sounds like a good idea, but it's not that documented evidence right in front of you. So when you see your favorite celebrity on a magazine cover or on social media and you're like, that's what I want to look like, your brain is like, oh, I must follow these steps. And it's harder to get out of that loop and be like, okay, but what is the evidence? What is supporting this and how is this healthy for me uh, having a different body type or having a different history and all that kind of stuff? But I think that's so interesting. So you obviously are very busy. You have your own business. You're a grad student. You're doing all these different things. So what are your, how do you maintain your health while having that really busy lifestyle and being go, go, go in a sense, but also keeping that balance? Yes, I do. I do balance a lot of things. And I wouldn't be able to balance everything so well if I wasn't prioritizing my health. The times mm-hmm. in my life where I have made my responsibilities and the other people in my life, my focus first, that's when I've burnt out. Mm-hmm. And when I've neglected, neglected myself. So I think how I've been able to be able to manage all these things and kind of have so many balls that I'm juggling in the air is yeah. that I put myself first. Self-care, it, it we cannot view it as selfish. We have to view it as, I heard this on another podcast and I've, I've always liked this reframe that self-care mm-hmm. is not selfish. Self-care is self-centered. And I, I know that being self-centered can be have a negative connotation yeah, as well, but yeah. I think it's a little bit more positive because if you are the center of your world, if you are the core of your world, and we are. You have that. Like we don't look yeah. through life from anyone else's perspective. So why wouldn't we <laughs> want to like prioritize ourselves at the center, make sure we're good first, and then help with other people with whatever they're going through? Absolutely. But, you have yeah. that stability, that foundation that you can then spread out and kind of you can give more to the people around mm-hmm. you. So I always say I preach to my clients and I internalize this myself that the best way to handle a busy lifestyle is MRS, Mrs. Me first, responsibility second, and then serving others third. So you mm-hmm. have to really be you have to be first. So prioritizing my healthy habits is really important. I think that first comes with a solid morning and evening routine. I love that. You need, you, yeah, you need those routines that you can fall back on 100%. And what does that look like for you? What is, happens from the moment you get up and then after you've gone through your busy day, what does your night look like? I love my morning routine. I love my <laughs> evening routine. I am just so excited about it. And 
I think if anyone listening to this right now doesn't have a morning routine that makes them this excited, yeah, then it then I think it should be reevaluated. Yeah, you should and it's be- so powerful because mm-hmm. like that's such a common thing with depression of like you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, you don't have anything mm-hmm. to look forward to. You create these little moments in your morning team routine, which you'll talk about what those are for you. Like that helps combat that emotional urge to like withdraw and stay in bed and avoid because you've built these things to get you out of bed for you, not for anyone else, not responsibilities, mm-hmm. but things that bring you joy. But yeah, jump yes. back into what you were saying. Sorry about yes. that. No, not all. I mean. It's so great. I, I agree because people need that pull to get out of bed. And morning, I'll, I'll go through my morning and evening routine. But this is what works for me. It's mm-hmm. not going to work for everyone. So I want to practice it like that. So customized. So with each of my clients, I'm making sure that it looks and looks different for them. And it feels different for them because everyone wants to feel a certain way. So for me, I really want to start my day when I sit down for my first commitment of the day, I want to feel confident, energized and clear. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the three emotions that I, so that shapes my morning routine. What do I need to do in the morning to make sure that I'm sitting down for my day, feeling really clear, energized, while also confident. So I get up in the morning. First thing that I do is I drink eight to 16 ounces of water. I take any supplements that that I'm taking at the time, any vitamins, whatever it is. I start playing some music and then I make my bed. I live in a 200 square foot studio apartment in New York City. For me to go to my kitchen and then back to my bedroom is two steps. <laughs> so we are, um, we're very close. So, but I would recommend to anyone that the order of your morning routine is very important. You want to have a good flow of things. Like don't go downstairs to then go back upstairs to then go to your basement to work out yeah. to then go upstairs to shower. Like you want to have a flow. So for me, it's very easy because I take two steps in my shoebox of an apartment. <laughs> But that's what I do first. You know, I have my water, take my supplements, I make my bed, I put on some music that makes me feel good. I'm awake, I'm not pressing snooze. And then I, you know, do, you know, bathroom things, I'll change into my my workout clothes, and then I'll sit down at my desk, and I start journaling. I'm very Mm -hmm. into journaling. And I have a whole list of, of books that that I use, I use a few different journals, I look at devotionals, you know, I uh, really want to connect with my faith in the morning personally, and then I'll read, you know, either for 10 minutes or for 10 pages, whatever mm-hmm. personal development book I'm reading right now. So I make it really easy for myself where every day I'm making progress, but I'm not reading for huge chunks of time. And yeah. especially as a student, I'm reading so many books in my totally. day that are required. I'm like, I want to read something for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I do like that right in the morning. Because if I wait, if I'm like, okay, if I'm just going to do this later, mm-hmm. then it's it's going to be tomorrow. And then tomorrow's going to turn to the next day. So it's like, just make it a smaller bite for me to chew 10 pages or 10 minutes I can do in the morning. And then I go work out. And then at, when I'm getting ready after my workout, that's when I'll put on a podcast or I'll mm-hmm. listen to a sermon depending on what day of the week it is. Yeah. And that's when I get my personal, more personal development in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll continue to listen to that as I'm making my post-workout meal, which is my breakfast. And then I'll, I'll sit down and get ready for for my day. Um, and I'll write yeah. out my three priorities for the day. That's a big thing for me because I my workout gets me energized. My personal development and my journaling makes me feel confident. But to feel clear, because I'm so pumped up after my workout. Yeah, to yeah. Hone, to harness and hone in that energy 
sitting down before I hop on Zoom or whatever my first commitment of the day is, I'll write out what is my big three? What are my big three priorities for the mm-hmm. day? Like no day is perfect, but if I get these three things done, I'll feel really good about, about the day. So I'll write out my big three priorities that you know, helps me hard is my energy. And then I'm ready, ready to start my day. So were you always a morning person or is this something you've had to like really, really dedicate yourself to kind of building being like, okay, I got to get up at this time so I can have all these things in the morning. So I'll have the best version of this day that I can have, or does this just come naturally to you? That's a really good question. I think I've always had to get up early for school and I always opted in for the morning classes. So I think I've always had a little bit of an inkling for the morning, but in the last two years, since I started my business, mm-hmm. that is when I really honed in on having an intentional multi-step morning yes. routine. In yeah. college, I did not have this. It was just kind of like, okay, get up and mm-hmm. get ready, mm-hmm. get, maybe grab a banana and then on out the door. Yeah, um, yeah. But I really recommend having this having this morning, I wish that I started it sooner because mm-hmm. it allows me to, it, I want to get up out of bed because I know that it makes me feel so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, so after you've gone through your whole busy day of class, business, all of that, what do you do for your nighttime routine? Yes. So part of my nighttime routine is preparing for the morning. So, Mm -hmm. and I, like I said, I always start with those three emotions. So I would recommend that if anyone's looking to develop a morning routine, start with those two. What are the three things that you want to feel walking into your first commitment of the day? Then your morning routine is what generates those three emotions. Mm -hmm. And then your evening routine is what do I need to do in the evening to prepare myself for the morning? How can I have the smallest barrier for entry, make Mm -hmm. it just so easy for me to succeed and to get out of bed? So it's like, I literally just have to roll it. Like I lay out my workout clothes. I prep any meals or snacks for the next day. I'll review my calendar for the next day. Um, So I'll kind of tie up those loose ends. I'll clean things because I, you know, cluttered desk, a cluttered Mm -hmm. apartment is a cluttered mind. So I'll make sure, do some tidying up. So that's a part of my evening routine. And once I'm done with those more admin housekeeping items, Mm -hmm. then I'm unplugged from my phone. That is the time where I'll go through any last DMs or texts or messages. Mm -hmm. And then I put my phone, I keep it away from my bed. And it's charging in in my kitchen. I know it's only a few steps in my apartment, but But it's it's like the emotional separation. Totally. Yeah. Yes. And it's on do not disturb. So it's not going off Mm -hmm. and I'm unplugged for the evening. And then I'll go shower, take care of, you know, and I do an elongated skincare routine. Mm -hmm. I light a candle and I love lighting a candle. This has been a game changer tip for my clients. I'll light a candle and there's something about that olfactory cue and that, that sense of smell. It that signal, it says something to my brain. It's like, okay, we're in evening routine mode. Yeah, yeah. It's very strong. So that separates for me. It's okay, we're done with work for the Mm -hmm, evening. mm -hmm. Now we're in relaxing mode. So I, you know, lighting that candle, I take a shower, I do my elongated skincare routine. Mm -hmm. And then I sit in bed and, and I do some more reading and some evening journaling. I love it. So How do you stay on the wagon with this kind of having these routines, having your workouts in the morning, doing this balanced eating that serves you and your physical health so that you can be the best version of yourself or other people? How do you not kind of fall off of track on that? And then if you do, how do you kind of adjust so that you can get back into this version of your life that suits you best? This is the biggest question that I get. Like, <laughs> your routine sounds so great. Yeah, <laughs> How yeah. do you stay consistent? So the goal 
Y'all, the goal is it can well the goal cannot be any longer to, to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It ha- the goal instead has to be consistency. We can't, and I think a lot of people confuse this. They think, well, if I'm consistent, doesn't mean that I'm always following through, and doesn't mean that I'm always perfect. No, I really think that there's a distinct difference there. And I think when people say that they're on the wagon that means and that signals to them that they are checking all the boxes and doing all the things all the time and they are off the wagon when a box is left unchecked yeah so i want to encourage everyone and try and to empower everyone to, to reframe this that even if a box is left unchecked even if you can't do everything all the time it doesn't mean that you're off the wagon it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're not consistent so consistency to me well, on or off the wagon, I would assume that you're either going super hard with your health or you're doing completely nothing. falling off. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So consistency, I mean, we're we're still moving like the the wagon is still moving. There's some momentum yeah. there, but maybe we've just slowed down a little bit. Maybe we're just like going in a school zone where we're not going mm-hmm. you know, 180 mm-hmm. miles per hour um, or we're completely stopped, but we're still moving, but maybe at a slower pace. So we have to give ourselves grace. And that's what allows me to quote unquote, stay on the wagon or be consistent mm-hmm. is that even if I'm not able to do everything for my health, I'm, I still do something. Gotcha. So on a day where I can't exercise or if I'm rushing out and I didn't meal for like, I'll give an example last week for dinner. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this, but <laughs> I, I didn't meal prep and meal prep, meal prep saves lives. I am such <laughs> a meal prep. I, I preach meal prep to my clients all the time, but last week I fell into the common rabbit hole that I don't have time to prep my meal. So this happens to the best of us, y'all. But I didn't prep my meals, so I was left needing to get something quickly on the go. I'm trying, you know, thinking of a healthy option. I got a coaching call in 20 minutes. What can I do? Go across the street. I got grocery store sushi. I had a bag of chips. (laughs) I I had a fresh tomato in my fridge, so I sliced that up. That with sushi. Okay, great. And then I had some frozen broccoli, and I only had time. I only had time to microwave it for 90 seconds. Oh, no. So it was still half frozen. And this is what I'm eating during my coaching call. And oh, I'm like, God. I am such a mess. So, mm-hmm. you know, but even though nutrition was not great that day, was yeah. not perfect that day, I still hit my water goal. I still got seven to eight hours of sleep. I still got a workout in earlier in the day and I still did my journaling, mm-hmm. right? And there are some days where, you know, I just get my journaling in. Or there are some days where I'm like, look, I don't know what, I missed my workout, did not eat well. Maybe Mm -hmm. it was a holiday or I'm traveling, whatever it is, but at least I got my journaling or at least I prioritize sleep or at least I got Mm -hmm. my water. So that's how I stay on the wagon. I don't try and do everything for my health all the time. I say, given the day that I'm having, what is something that I could do for my health Mm -hmm. if I can't do everything? I love it. Yeah. So that mindset shift is really helpful. And then there are a few other things that I think people should focus on. And I think consistency boils down to having three different things, strategy, mindset, and accountability. I think Mm -hmm. if somebody has, because I find that a lot of people if they're doing a health coaching program or they're, they're on the way and they're doing all the things they're doing the workouts and, mm-hmm. you know, eating, eating better, but they're not getting results and they're not getting results fast enough. They give up on themselves and they stop. Yeah. 
You're like, what's the point? I'm putting in this time to do it, but I'm not. I'm not getting the return on the investment of time. Totally, totally. Right? Yeah, I think I think it's understandable. I would stop too. Yeah. But I think if you have a customized strategy that you can trust is built for you, evidence based, as we were talking mm-hmm. about before, mm-hmm. backed by science, and you know will work for you, then you can trust it. And it's easier to be consistent when you know that it's built for you and you know it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think strategy is a really important piece to being consistent. And then we also have to address mindset. I mm-hmm. think when people enter another health kick or they're starting their health journey or starting again on, mm-hmm. on their health yeah. journey, we, it's natural for us to rely on willpower and discipline. But mm-hmm. willpower and discipline, they only get us so far. Mm-hmm. They they are fleeting. We have limited amounts of them. So we need something else to to keep us going on the days that we're not feeling that we're not feeling super motivated and when willpower and discipline yes. fizzle out. <laughs> so we have to address what limiting beliefs, what excuses, what self-sabotaging behaviors come up for us when we typically quote unquote fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. And when is that, you know, maybe it's during finals week, you feel like you don't have enough time to exercise or it's the holidays or it's vacation or it's just a hectic week in general. If you address what tends to come up for you as far as mm-hmm. self-sabotaging behaviors and limiting beliefs during that time, if you address those, change those, then you're able to bridge the gap and pave the pothole, if you will, so that you can sustain the healthy lifestyle over that totally. way. So you're not no longer starting and stopping. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so you mentioned the third thing was accountability. How do you build that into into these recommendations for your clients if they're having this individualized program? So obviously, it's not going to be the same as the person in the gym next to them. How do you still stay accountable to your trajectory with your goals? Yes, I think most people are looking for accountability in the wrong places. They'll pick their best friend, they'll pick a family member or, you know, or a significant other. Mm-hmm. I just think that that is, that is the worst. And that can cause a lot of tension <laughs> in relationships because you need someone that is, is really going to kick you in the booty yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you need it. And if they're too close, I think sometimes they're not going to do that. And that's going to do you a disservice. So I think we need to look for some external accountability. And I think that could even just be a push notification on your phone, a reminder to hit your water goal, a reminder to go to the mm-hmm. gym. And that could be a coach for you, another mentor, or maybe that is a friend, but it's maybe one click removed, maybe not your best friend or your significant mm-hmm. other um, or your mom, for example, but if you know someone that is another click removed, because you're, you're a combination of the five closest people to you. Mm-hmm. So, and you start to take on the thoughts and behaviors and actions and attitudes of the people that are closest to you. So I think I, I, if you're looking for better accountability, I would evaluate the people that are closest to you. Like, are these the people that I'm trying to emulate? Are these the behaviors that I really want to be taking on for myself and trying to find other groups that have that? I'm not saying totally separate yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's friends or family or coworkers that you can't get away from, but seek other people that have the results and have the motivation that you're looking for. There's a ton (laughs) of online communities. I, you know, I have an online community that's with a lot of motivating and empowered people uh, mm-hmm. that are working on their health journey. I try and cultivate that space for people, but there's, there's a lot of things locally. There's a lot of things online and I'm a lot of gyms and 
schools have built-in communities. So I would encourage if someone's not hiring a coach or a trainer, a nutritionist or anything like that, but they're still mm-hmm. looking for accountability outside of friends, family member, or significant other, looking for these local communities and spaces will be mm-hmm. really helpful for accountability. Totally. Okay. So what do you do when you're just having like a super off day and you're like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to do, don't want to meal prep this week. I don't want to have to get to all of these um, different engagements I have. What do you kind of do to either turn that around or do you just sit with it and say, okay, today's not the best day and tomorrow will be better. What do you, how do you navigate that situation? Mm, I think it's a little bit of both. I think Mm -hmm. part of it, I don't think if we I don't think it's good for completely ignoring our feelings. I think it's yeah. really good to acknowledge that, sit with that, fully feel that instead mm-hmm. of suppressing it or pushing it to the side. Because I think that thought can can give us a lot of valuable information. So I think acknowledging it, but not sitting with it for too long. We don't mm-hmm. we don't want to wallow. We don't want it to um, hold us back for too long. And then I would zoom out a little bit. I find that when we're unmotivated to do the small healthy habits today we're getting too in the nitty gritty. We're like too mm-hmm. in the weeds. We need to zoom out and remember why are these things important? What is the benefit of doing my workout? What is the benefit of meal prepping or eating well or getting enough sleep or drinking more water? Seemingly, mm-hmm. you know, just very small things. Mm-hmm. What is that actually going to do for me? Well, if you're doing those things, you're likely going to feel more energized. If you're more energized, you're going to be more productive. You're mm-hmm. going to have greater focus. You're going to show up better for school or for work. You're going to perform better. Totally. So you might get you might get a raise. You might get a better grade. You might be able to be more present with your friends or your family. Mm-hmm. If you're able to do all of that, you're just going to be more successful in life, more confident in yourself and have a greater sense of accomplishment. There's so many, it has that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. if you can zoom out and remember why your health goals are important to you and really digging deep. Normally when we say, Oh, why are health goals important to us? Mm -hmm. It's like the first pancake. You got to throw that first why out. That's not deep enough. We need to ask ourselves why several times so we have an emotional connection an emotional tie to our why. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to show up now for the small things today, because if we do those consistency compounds, so yeah. that will allow you to be consistent, not perfect, but mm-hmm, consistent mm-hmm. with something. And that will compound to big results and to get you to that bigger picture over time. Totally. Okay. My other question is social media. Okay. So I kind of have two questions about that. The first one is why you decided to start sharing your fitness and health journey and your business on social media. And then secondly, do you find that it holds you more accountable or if it kind of seems like another thing you have to do another box to check and if and if it's more of a job for you like what where does it lie on that spectrum um as far as encouraging you to continue growing and improving and all of that I love this because I started sharing my drink for accountability mm-hmm. I was doing uh, a really intense workout program at the time this was you know a couple years ago and mm-hmm. it was 80 days I really want to oh commit to these 80 days yeah. of workouts Mm-hmm. And I had, I had another job at the time and it was just, that yeah, was a very hard schedule. So it was hard for me to keep up with this workout workouts. program. Yeah. yeah. 80 days of workouts and my job. <gasps> so I did it for oh a time. Because I was sharing like one out of 80. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right okay. Five out of 80, then 60 out of 80. And eventually we did it. And it was amazing. I felt so accomplished and it was nice to 
kind of build some credit. Like people were really rooting for me and asking me how my journey was and asking for tips like, hey, I want to work out too. I know that you're really busy with it. How are you doing it? So yeah. then I started sharing some things online and that's when I started my free Facebook community. Mm -hmm. I was like, let's do this again. Let's have a consistency challenge. Let's hold each other accountable to our water goals and sleeping and stress management and you know, doing a gratitude practice every day in addition to workouts. Like, let's let's do this, y'all. So I started this Facebook group and it started off, I think we had 25 people that were just some Instagram followers and friends, my mom, you know, we yeah. people in the group. And yeah. now that group has grown over the last two years. We have over 700 people in the group. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Wow. So many people, and we do workouts in there. I go live every week and um, host little nutrition tips. So it's just grown so much. Like before I was kind of with everyone doing yeah. this, but now I'm actually the coach and the teacher in the group, which is a really cool place to be. It's hold me, it's held me accountable significantly. And it, I don't, I don't really view my social media as a job, even though I know it is because I run my whole business through social media, mm -hmm. but I make social media very social. I make mm -hmm. my page very fun. And if anyone spends a little bit of time on my page, you will, you will not just get some health tips. You will also uh, see my crazy dating life in New York City <laughs> and all of my dating chronicles. So yeah. I try and make it fun and not just health and fitness focused, but I try and talk about the lifestyle. I did a post yesterday about that day that I didn't meal prep and I was mm -hmm. eating half frozen broccoli on my coaching call with clients. <laughs> and then I'm preaching why it's so important to meal prep on the coaching call. Cause I'm like, look yeah. what happens when you don't. So I think it doesn't feel like, you know, job to me mm -hmm. and something that's a drag or that I'm checking the box because I'm showing up authentically myself mm -hmm. and that this is a lifestyle and I'm not trying to be perfect all the time. It can be really real with people. Mm -hmm. And I find that th that really connects with people and makes it seem like a healthy lifestyle is actually easier to obtain because we don't have to be perfect all the time. We can give ourselves permission to give yeah. ourselves grace. And it, it makes it more fun too. It's held me accountable for sure. Yeah. Okay. So my last question is if you could give kind of like five big tips for anyone who's kind of in that spot where you were birthed, you're off of alignment, you're not really sure mm -hmm. You just feel like something isn't right. You're not living to be your best self. Things aren't going the way you want them to, whether it's physical health, mental health. Something just isn't how you, it's not on track. What would your top five tips be to, for that listener? Yes. Number one, let's start with that morning and evening routine. hundred percent because you can insert in there whatever you want. And I would encourage like what actually lights you up. Don't put in a morning routine, what you think should be in a morning routine. Run a marathon and every morning. Like oh ain't God. nobody got time for that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like running. Oh, I really don't. And you know what? Here's the thing about cardio y'all, especially if for the women listening or anyone going through a cycle, mm -hmm. it, you know, is actually detrimental to your health to do cardio in your PMS phase. So the phase of your menstrual cycle leading up to your mm -hmm. period and when you actually bleed and when you're actually on your period and bleeding. So it turns on cardio and high intensity exercise turns on muscle wasting and fat storage. Oh gosh. It is yeah. Not good. So Oh, I, let's not be running a marathon every day of the month. Mm -hmm. We can at some point in the cycle, <laughs> but um, but you want to put things in your morning routine that are actually fun for you and are exciting mm -hmm. for you because that's what's going to get you out of the morning. And I'd rather listeners pick one or two things 
in their morning routine that sound exciting to them to do in the morning and then obviously prep in the evening for those things mm-hmm. uh, rather than having a whole CVS long receipt checklist of yeah. things to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be a whole, we don't need to be checking all the boxes, just get one or two things mm-hmm. and really know what, or I guess you want to know what the intention is of your morning routine. Start mm-hmm. with the feelings. Cause that's when you'll be able to gauge, is this a good morning yeah. routine or not? Is this effective or not? Well, is it allowing you to feel how you want to feel starting that first commitment of the day? Totally. That's your gauge. So start with the feelings. Like if you're feeling out of alignment, what are some adjectives? What are some feelings that you would be feeling if you were in alignment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then start there and work backwards. So that would be my first recommendation would be to focus on morning and evening routines. Second thing. So we need to take more breaks. I, I just think I'm just going to throw this out there as an assumption. <laughs> I, know we shouldn't, I know we shouldn't generalize. I know we shouldn't assume, but Sadie, I think we can assume that your listeners are high achievers. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to have as a teenager be like, oh, I'm going to improve my mental health and work on myself. Like, that's not something that the majority of teenagers are looking to do. Or So it's it's definitely a very unique audience for sure. Yes, I completely agree. So I can assume because I basically exclusively coach high achieving people. Yeah, uh, I can assume that we're not giving ourselves enough grace and not allowing ourselves to slow down. Mm-hmm. Rest equals success. We have to slow down before we can speed up. If you allow yourself to take a break, like when I have a block of studying, say if I have three hours in my calendar to study for an mm-hmm. exam, I'm not studying straight for that three hours. I might have <laughs> it blocked off my calendar, yeah. but I'm, I'm studying for 20 minutes on, five minutes off, 20 minutes on, five minutes off. And I do that four or five times, and then I'll take a longer break, like 30 30 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's usually like when my next meal comes in and then I'll start up again. And that allows me to check in on social media, see how clients yeah, are doing, yeah. you know, check my DMs. But I'm also allowing myself to take a break mentally, just kind of separate from my work so I can show up for that 20 minutes of work fully focused and yeah. not distracted. So that's what I would recommend is take more frequent breaks, let yourself slow down so mm-hmm. that you can really ramp it up when it matters most and you're not just dragging or, you know, doing subpar work. Cause when we're tired, we're doing subpar work. Yeah. The next thing, number three, I would <laughs> recommend in, inserting some sort of gratitude practice into yeah. your day. And this looks different for everyone. There are some people that are more faith-based. There are some people that need to be pen to paper right down. There are some people that are just thinking of three things that they're grateful for when they're in the shower. So I would recommend having some sort of gratitude practice because it is impossible, y'all, if you are fully grateful, yeah, fully feeling that feeling of gratitude, it is impossible to then have negative emotion at the same time. It can be yeah. a little bit before, a little bit after. <laughs> I, I don't think it would be so much after if you're really feeling this. Yeah. But it's impossible to have those two feelings simultaneously. So it's important that you are practicing gratitude because it changes your perspective. It reminds you like, yes, it might feel like the sky is falling, but there are still some things that are going well in my life. Totally, I think totally. That's really, really important. If you're, you're fully out of alignment, I would also recommend that you be conscious of what or who is pulling your energy. Mm-hmm. There might need to be a reset of boundaries. Yeah. 
when it comes to you know, being friends or family or work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard to set those boundaries, especially when it's with people close to you and that have been in your life for a really long time. Or it's this work engagement that, again, is like structured your life for so long. It's really difficult for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, at the time of you know us recording this, we're, we're still in COVID times and we're still in quarantine. Yeah. And I lost one of my best friends during this time. I, we lost the friendship. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to walk away from this friendship during this time because it, it was really pulling my energy and it wasn't, wasn't aligning to me. And it was sad. I think sometimes when you lose friends and you lose friendships, it's almost worse than a breakup. Because oh, you expect, totally. yeah. right? You, mm-hmm, you expect the mm-hmm. people that maybe you're dating or relationship to come in and out of your life. People are going to ghost you. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. Happens to me every week. I got <laughs> people ghosting me. It's fine. We're just, you know, it, it is what it is. But with friends, you're like, oh, these are my ride or dies. These yeah. are people that are going to be there for everything. So, exactly. So when you lose a friend, it, it hurts even worse. So, mm-hmm. yes, I let myself really feel that. And, and it was hard. Then, then it was like the sun rose. I felt like yeah. I just had a weight lifted off my shoulders. I was able to then align myself with the friendships that were stronger, the relationships where the respect and the love and support was actually reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel so much better. And like I said before, we are uh, a combination of the five closest people to us. So if some of those people are pulling your energy and they're they're not super aligning for you and they are taking you out of alignment. You want to then align yourself with somebody who's going to put yes. you in alignment, someone that's not pulling your energy, but inserting and injecting energy into yourself and into your day. I love that. Yeah, no, that's that's so powerful for sure. And I think those are very easy things to begin to implement. Of course, these are lifelong things that you're constantly changing and tweaking so that it can fit your lifestyle. But having a morning routine that works for you right now probably will be different a year from now when we're no longer in quarantine and in corona. But having one that works for you right now and having a community that supports you during this current time, like these are all things that you can easily adapt and change to fit your current lifestyle. So I love that. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm I'm cannot wait for everyone to listen to this interview and I think there's just so many amazing easy to apply tips that people can take away from this and and really use to kind of shift their life and I I just 